Welcome to Dr. Oklahoma, a podcast that shines a light on uniquely Oklahoman health challenges and situations by chatting with integrous medical professionals who live here, work here, and are willing to lend their time and expertise to all of our listeners. Today we have Dr. Caroline Flint, an OBGYN from Integris Women's Health at Edmond. Dr. Flint, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Uh, it is Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, and I'd like to talk with you a little about ovarian cancer itself. What is exactly ovarian cancer? So ovarian cancer uh, is the cancer that actually arises from the cells of the ovary, and actually they've... Uh, Studies have shown that even uh, cells from the fallopian tubes, which are next to the, the ovaries, mimic ovarian cancer. So we kind of group those together. But 95% um, arise from the most superficial or most outer layers of the ovary or fallopian tubes. Um, and then the rest of those can, can arise from different types of ovarian cells. But um, it's called the epithelial cells, which are the, the most superficial cells. And so it, it starts there and then certainly... Um, goes beyond the pelvis and more advanced stages, which we'll talk about. Um, it is the number one cause of GYN malignancy death, um, and it's number five among all cancer deaths, um, which is quite impressive. Um, yeah, obviously a, a very serious issue. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we screen for ovarian cancer? You know, and that's, that's the tough thing, is that with ovarian cancer specifically, we have done a lot of studies to try to find a way to screen for this disease because sometimes it's often called, times called the, quote, silent killer, end quote, because by the time it's actually diagnosed, it's often in advanced stages. And when we reach advanced stages, the rates of survival go down quite drastically. And so in order to combat this, we have done studies to see what are ways that we can uh, screen for ovarian cancer, and they've looked at um, obtaining um, blood tests yearly to look for a, a hormone that can be elevated in ovarian cancer, and that has actually not been shown to be beneficial. Also, they've talked about and studied doing um, yearly ultrasounds to look at the ovaries to see if we could catch it in an early stage, and that has also not been shown to be beneficial. What ends up happening when you do those screening tests is that you are over um, you're performing more procedures than are necessary, so you might find something that looks suspicious, you have a surgery, and it turns out it's not ovarian cancer, and the patient has been put at risk um, unnecessarily. And so that, unfortunately, we have not found a good way to screen for ovarian cancer. So a lot of studies now are looking at, well, what are symptoms that precede the diagnosis of ovarian cancer that patients can be more aware of and that physicians can be more aware of to potentially let us know if this is something more serious going on that we need to investigate. Sure. So let's let's talk about some of those symptoms. What what can what can we be looking for? Yeah. So when they've when they've looked at studies and and they found that, you know, some of the more common symptoms that a, a patient's going to have is going to be um, an increase in abdominal size or a, a feeling of bloating, um, pelvic or abdominal pain, also feeling full quickly, and also urinary symptoms, so feeling like you have to urinate a lot um, or infrequently. Now, these are very, you know, broad symptoms, so a lot of times this doesn't mean ovarian cancer, but it, if it's of new onset, if it's lasting more than 12 days in the month within the last year, then that is something that you need to talk with your doctor about, and potentially that would cause them to say, well, let's let's go ahead and get that ultrasound to make sure that there is nothing going on um, to be able to potentially catch something early. And what about risk factors like genetic risk factors, et cetera? Yeah, so genetics play a really big part, and that's probably been one of the best ways that we've been able to kind of screen 
is to identify uh, populations that are at higher risk based on genetics. And so it's so important when you go to the doctor to make sure you discuss your family history. Things that flag us to investigate further would be if you have a family member, let's say a first or second degree relative, mom, grandma, aunt, um, who has a history of ovarian cancer at any age. Um, or even breast cancer at um, age younger than 50 at diagnosis because we know that the risk of ovarian and breast cancer go together when it's genetically linked. And so that has been a great way for us to identify people who might be at higher risk for ovarian cancer and then be able to actually genetically test them to see if they're carriers for the BRCA1 or 2 gene um, and if they are, then there's different things that we do for them, knowing that their risk for ovarian cancer can be as high as 65% with that genetic mutation. Okay. And what about age issues? When should we be you know, most alert for these early yeah. symptoms? So that the most common um, age of diagnosis, or the average age, is going to be 63. And we know that your risk increases approximately about 11% each year once you get to past the age of 50. So postmenopausal, after you're finished having your periods, is when you're more likely to develop ovarian cancer, and certainly the early 60s is that, that especially high point or the highest risk. So if you're unfortunate enough to be diagnosed, um, uh-huh. talk a little bit about staging and, and about the treatment at each stage and the survival rates through yeah. the stages. Yeah, yeah. so again, um, unfortunately, 65% are diagnosed when they're already stage 3 and 4, and what I mean by stage 3 and 4, that means that it's already outside of the pelvis, so it's not um, within the ovaries or even just the uterus. It is in your lymph nodes or in your liver or in your, uh, even in your lungs. And so um, when you are diagnosed with that later stage, the goal is to, um, if possible, do surgery first and try to remove as much tumor burden as possible. And then about two to four weeks later, start chemotherapy. <clears throat> and if you're successful at getting as much tumor out as possible initially, then the, you know, your rates of survival are better. In earlier stages, you would be able to remove the ovaries um, and any other place that the, the uh, cancer had spread to. But again, with earlier stages, that's just going to be to the ovaries, maybe to the adjacent tubes or uterus, and remove that and then do chemotherapy. And it's all dependent upon, you know, the most important kind of factor as far as survival is going to be, you know, what stage you are when it's caught. If it's caught early, stage one, you know, your survival can be up to almost 89-90%. When is it time to see your doctor? So it's important to uh, see your doctor, and and again, it could be your primary care doctor, but of course as a a GYN physician, I encourage patients to see uh, their GYN doctors um, at least once a year. Sorry, not once a year, and if you're healthy and not having symptoms, then certainly every other year, is, is okay as well. And the importance of that is to come in, to check in, um, to have an exam. Our, you know, we do a bimanual and a pelvic exam where we can palpate and try to feel, make sure the uterus and ovaries feel normal. We are not able to pick up 100% of abnormalities by no means, but I think it's good for to have a physician who knows you and has a baseline of kind of what your exam is, as well as the symptoms and how you are doing overall, because they can help pick up on things that are kind of different for the patient. You know, if the patient has a person to say, you know, I've been feeling this way for the last couple of months, because a lot of times those symptoms that I talk about are ones that you could just talk yourself out of and think, uh, it's probably just this or that. But I think if you have someone that you're comfortable with to be able to check in with um, at least once a year, maybe every other year, then I think that can help as well. Excellent. 
Well, Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. It's been yeah. gr- great talking with you and really getting some important messaging out there about ovarian cancer awareness in this Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month. So thank you once again. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. And to our listeners, join us next time where we'll be busy getting a doctor's advice on how to stay healthy so we can continue living and loving life in our great state right here on Dr. Oklahoma. Oklahoma.